Welcome to the Faculty New Books podcast, covering the latest authors and publications from across the subject spectrum. Ancient Greek Thebes sometimes tends to get forgotten, which is actually part of the title of my latest book. And it does so because there are other Thebes out there in the ancient world, and the most famous of those is the Thebes in Egypt, where, for example, Tutankhamun was buried. So, let's be clear, this interview is about Greek Thebes. There were four major let's call them great powers, at different times in the ancient Greek world. Athens, Sparta, Macedon, that's the kingdom in the north of Greece, ruled successively by Philip and Alexander, who became called the Great. But fourthly, let's not forget Thebes, which had its greatest heyday in the 4th century BC. It was, as I'd called it, a city of myth, as well as a city of history, because The ancient Greeks in general were particularly keen on myths, and of course myth is originally an ancient Greek word. It means a tale, a story, a traditional tale handed down. Now the possibly earliest and most famous surviving series of ancient Greek myths are those surrounding the tale of Troy, the Trojan War, and so we're talking about Homer. Well, Thebes, the real Thebes, if we can talk about that in mythical terms, did have a role in that series of saga, but it was actually much more interesting to me, and really researching the book I found out a lot more, in the sense that it generated its own cycle of myth, and that's why I've called it a city of myth as well as a city of history. And if I mention just a couple of the myths surrounding the royal family in mythical Thebes, I think you'll see why I call it a city of myth. The city was supposedly founded by somebody called Cadmos, who wasn't a Greek, and this is quite surprising. He came from what we would call today Lebanon, and he came to Greek, the Greek mainland in search of his sister, who had been, well, let's be honest, abducted and raped by the Greeks, great king of all the gods, Zeus. Cutting a long story short, Cadmos found Thebes in myth. Now, what about the other series? Well, the other great series of Theban myths surrounds the later history of the royal family, the dynasty or dynasty, that ruled mythical Thebes. There are a couple of names that will be very familiar to anybody familiar with Western literature, and that is Oedipus and his daughter, who happened also to be his sister, uh, Antigone. Now, both of them had plays named after them, written about them by the famous Athenian dramatist, the tragedian Sophocles. And it's through Athenian literature that these Theban myths get transmitted through the centuries, 2,500 years down to our own time. And it's very interesting, and it's part of the problematic of why Thebes is in some sense forgotten, or at any rate excluded or suppressed. The Thebans themselves had their own myth cycles. They're the origins of Sophocles' works. But the originals, the Theban originals, don't survive. So there's the city of myth. The other city, the other city of Thebes, which I call the city of history, came to its um, real um, pinnacle 
in the 4th century BC. That's the 300 BCE, 2,300 plus years before our own time. And the great uh, powers that were contending in that century are the four that I've mentioned, Athens, Sparta, Macedon, and Thebes. And Thebes' history revolves around those three, its relations with those three. For one decade, and this is the significant point, between 371 and 362, Thebes was actually the most powerful of all those four. Just a decade. And it was so partly, largely, significantly due to a couple of prominent Theban individuals, Pelopidas and his... I call him sometimes his sidekick, Epaminondas. Epaminondas was rather older than Pelopidas. Well, between them, they liberated their city from Spartan occupation. They took on Sparta in pitched battle and beat them. And then, especially Epaminondas, helped to found two great cities, both in the Peloponnese, both at the expense of Sparta, liberating thousands of Greeks who've been held in servitude for many, many centuries, called the Helots, the Messenian Helots. And the other great city was the word that means literally the great city, Megalopolis. However, one decade, really that was a brief fluorescence because the rise of Macedon under Philip and Alexander meant that even with the alliance of Athens, Thebes was going to be no match for them. And they lost a major battle in central Greece, near where Thebes is. Thebes is in central Greece, not far from Athens, about 90 kilometers northwest. And at that great defeat, Chironia, 338 BC, a famous battalion of 300 lovers, that is 150 adult male couples, the sacred band, perished to a man, were buried on the battlefield. A heroic uh, but a terminal victory. So it's been forgotten partly because of another Thebes, the one in Egypt. It's been partly forgotten because the literary tradition that has come down to us from the ancient world is dominated by Athens. And for many, many years of their respective histories, Thebes and Athens were, were deadly enemies. And then there's one particular really cataclysmic uh, event in 335 BC, Alexander the Great, having defeated Thebes in battle just three years before, having imposed upon Thebes a subservient regime, Thebans, otherwise full of uh, desire for liberty, revolted against their Macedonian overlords and oppressors. Alexander was much too strong for them, and he had the city physically almost totally annihilated, 335 BC. Just a couple of types of structures were left standing. And so for 20 years, Thebes actually ceased to exist as a city. And so those are the three main reasons. Why did Alexander do that? Or rather, what was his justification? He did it for two reasons. One, he was himself about to go off to take on the Persians and did not want any significant opposition from Greeks back home. Secondly, he used as justification the Thebans' behavior 140-odd years earlier when the Persians, whom Alexander was about to attack, their ancestors had invaded Greece 
and the Thebans then, in the early 5th century, 480 BC, instead of resisting, had sided with the Persian invaders. And for that, Alexander was able to, as it were, invoke Hellenism and uh, loyalty to the Greek cause, which the Thebans had conspicuously failed to display as a reason for having the city physically destroyed. Because the dominant tradition, literary and visual, from ancient Greece has been Athenian, the Athenians, in a way, had an interest in suppressing any rival tradition, in particular the Spartan, but also the Theban. And so the uh, Athenian dominated ancient tradition suppresses uh, the Thebans in terms of their significance. However, even the Athenians trying to appropriate some of Theban mythology, some of the Theban's original greatness, nevertheless helped to preserve a Theban, as I've called it, city of myth. And insofar as the myths that were used on the stage in Athens in the 5th century BC have become absolutely central to the Western cultural literary tradition of theatre, and not only that, but of course, um, as a side development, for example, in psychotherapy, the Oedipus complex, because of those Theban stories, they are utterly central to the way we in the West think about who we are, where we come from, and in particular, culturally speaking, what is our relationship to the ancient Greeks in terms of similarity and difference. <laughs>